0: <laughs> good morning. It's good to be with you this morning. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to see the video I put out yesterday, but uh, this weekend, um, St. Elias, the Antiochian church, is having their, their um, Antiochian fest. And so uh, you're more than welcome to go and, uh, and have delicious um, Arabic food and, uh, and a lot of music. But uh, I went there yesterday. And uh, I went there to meet with uh, Father David, who's um, you know, a priest up in Erie. So I met, met with him, and there were a few other clergy there. Uh, Father Christolos was there. And uh, when I met him, when I saw him, uh, he had this lemon holy water from Mount Athos that he poured all over my hands. And I thought, wow, this is, this is really nice. Uh, But then I I remembered that I'm very allergic to bees, and um, I didn't have my EpiPen with me. Uh, So um, I thought, well, uh, there's a lot of bees there, and I told Father David, I said, Father David, I didn't bring my EpiPen. He says, don't worry, there's so many clergy here. If you get stung by a bee, we'll send you off well. uh, (laughs) uh, So today... Uh, we celebrate the sending off of John the Baptist. Uh, we'll send him off well, too. But uh, many times, um, even as we did in the children's sermon, we emphasize the, the divinity of Christ. We, we really emphasize how, how Jesus is both fully God and fully man. And usually just around, uh, uh, around the crucifixion, we really emphasize his sufferings, that's when we'll emphasize that he, he actually was just like us and he suffered in the flesh in every way that we had yet without sin. But I would like to spend a little bit of time uh, today uh, talking about that as well. Uh, I know we usually do it during Holy Week, but I want to emphasize a part of the passage of Scripture uh, today that I think really lends itself to it. I actually, along these lines, was, was even thinking about this. John the Baptist was a relatives of Christ. He was he was one of his relatives, and just as whenever whenever we have a relative that might pass away, especially if we're close to them, it would be quite devastating. And I would like to argue that that was the case for Christ. Christ, who was fully human, was devastated at the death of Christ, at the death of John the Baptist. That he also grieved like we would when our cousin dies that we would, somebody who is close to us, that we might be a bit sorrowful, that we might weep. We know that Jesus did this, that he wept uh, when his friend Lazarus died. We know that he was grieved at this time and people saw him weep and said how, how much he must have loved him. But there's a few other moments in Scripture and I think the one for today also lends itself to it. And I want to emphasize that Christ is fully human, because in this way, we can actually relate a little bit more to Him. Sometimes when I emphasize God's divinity, I almost feel like I can't, I can't really relate to Him. He didn't really go through things that I did since He was, fully, since he was really God, right? Like there's some, sometimes a disconnect here. But uh, St. Paul tells us Christ can sympathize with our weakness. In Hebrews 4.15, he says, in every respect, He was tempted as we are, yet without sinning. So when Jesus was human, and still is, when Jesus lived on this earth uh, and he stubbed his toe, he would be tempted to yell out things that he shouldn't, just as we all are. As a man, even when he saw a pretty woman walk down the street, he would be tempted to think in things that he shouldn't, yet he was without sin. He did not go down that road that he shouldn't have. So he was tempted in every way just as we are, yet without sin. And I would actually argue that his temptations were far greater than ours. When he was, when he was hungry, he had the ability, because he was God, to actually turn a rock into, into bread. When If he was tempted to steal something, he had the ability to do it immediately and without ever anyone noticing it. So his temptations, I would say, were even far greater than ours. But in that He was fully human, He was tempted just like us. He went through every temptation that we do, yet without sin. So now as man, of course, there's no real distinction. We can't really say that sometimes He's man and sometimes He's God because He's fully human and fully God in the single entity and He does everything as one person. But I would say, though, as this one single person that's fully human and fully God, the death of John the Baptist must have hurt. John the Baptist was a relative of Christ because Elizabeth and Mary were kin, as Luke tells us. But the connection doesn't stop there. John paved the way for Christ. John baptized Christ. And even two of Christ's disciples were John's disciples first. If you read the Gospel of John, it says that Andrew and John, the beloved disciple of Christ, were disciples of John the Baptist and were standing along the shore and they hear John say of Christ, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So these two disciples were first John the Baptist's disciples. And when they heard John say this, they left that which was good for that which which is best. And they went and told their brothers, Peter and... um, Who's Andrew? Andrew is... Yes. And John told James, uh, his brother Zebedee. So any case, now the beheading of John the Baptist must have grieved Christ. And I know this because he was human just like us. But also if you look in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, these three Gospels record the account of John the Baptist's beheading. And it says at the very end of the text today, but then also in the following passage, it says that John's disciples go, they take the body of John the Baptist, they bury John the Baptist's body, and then they go and tell Christ what had happened. And what, in, in each one of these Gospels, the response of Christ is the same. It says that He withdraws to a lonely place to be alone. I don't know if you've ever caught this, but if somebody told you your cousin died and he withdraws to a, 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 you withdraw to a lonely place, you could assume it's because of the grief, that he needed to be alone with God, that he needed to pray and to, be, uh, to find some consolus, uh, some solace, Perhaps he also was reminded of his own future death since John is paving the way. Christ follows in those footsteps too. So maybe he was contemplating his own future and impending death. But what we do know is he withdrew to be alone. And as he is in this state, perhaps of grief, uh, it says that the crowds followed him. So he wants to get away, he wants to be alone, yet the crowds follow him. And I could imagine that maybe his cup might be, you know, a cup, so to speak, might be a bit empty at this time, thinking about his future. But the crowds come, and the needs of the crowds are there, and he still, instead of taking care of his own needs first, it says that he looks upon them and has pity on them because they were as sheep without a shepherd. So this isn't how it ends. He eventually feeds, this is the feeding of the 5,000, he then uh, get, he dismisses the crowds. He gets his disciples into a boat. He sends them away. And then finally, he's able to go up onto the mountain to pray and to be alone uh, with, with his Father. Now, I want to emphasize, I've thought about this, the grief that Christ must have at the death of John the Baptist. And I'm reminded of, the, of what St. Paul says in Hebrews. I think what St. Paul says of Christ's prayer in, in the book of Hebrews is primarily in Gethsemane, but it says prayers, plural, in, in a few places. And I'll, I'll quote this, uh, this text. In Hebrews, it says, St. Paul says that, um, um, in Hebrews 5-7, says that Christ, in the days of His flesh, He offered up prayers and supplications With strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death. Which is such a powerful verse. I've thought about this often. If it's multiple times offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying, I think it's not just in Gethsemane, but possibly also um, on, on this mountain where he went away to pray. So I want to emphasize this because we believe in a suffering God. One who can relate uh, with our pain and suffering. One who experienced temptations as we do. And who kept, and who even wept before his father, asking him to take away the cup which the father had prepared for him. So, was Christ grieved with the death of his cousin, with his relative John the Baptist? Absolutely. It was a reminder of his own coming death. It's natural, and it's part of our humanity to be grieved, to suffer loss, and to recognize that we need to be alone with God. But just, because, and, but just like every other example in the New Testament, Christ does not what is just human, but he does that which is divine, and he ministers to the needs of others before even taking care of his own. That is something that we cannot do apart from the help of God. We're called to to minister to one another. We're called to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. But we can't do this without the help of God. Um, Since Christ was God, he was able to minister to the needs of others first. But we need to continually rely on his help in order to do something similar because that is what is truly divine. To minister to others in the midst of grief and an empty cup, so to speak, But he doesn't neglect his own human needs for long. As soon as he is able, he does go away and he goes up onto the mountain to pray uh, and to be with his Father. So now the need to be alone with the Father is both fully human and fully divine. To spend time in prayer with Christ, um, we should spend some time in prayer where uh, we can cry out and offer the same prayers of Christ. To offer prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears. There is no shame in grief. Um, I think it's uh, Paul who says, uh, we should not grieve as those who have no, as those who have no hope, but to grieve, to suffer loss. This is fully human, and God has done this. And God can meet us in our grief where we are at. God knows. He was here. He went through this life. And He continues to go through grief with each one of us as, as a brother. As we're told, Christ is a brother. And he, he cries out to the Father with us on our behalf when we are in a time of need. So today as we celebrate John the Baptist, let us also celebrate that God became man and suffered he endured this life just as us. We have one who is, who's gone before us, who can help us, who knows what we've gone through and can give us an out. So let us together with Christ cry out to the Father, as Hebrew says, in prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears to the God who can save us. Because He can save us and even though Our grief might be unbearable at times. Christ has not come to uh, remove our grief, but to go through our grief. He hasn't come to, um, to remove our suffering, but to suffer with us. So let us cry out to the God who saves us, and in so doing, send up all glory, honor, and worship to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.